Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we were able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. What time is it? Well, it's our favorite time of the week because we get to join in as we talk about running and faith. And of course, joining me again is Run For God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Well, I went to the Big Beach Marathon. Well, how was it? It was awesome. You did pretty good. It was, I saw congratulations, by the way. Well, thank you. Second thank overall. You. Yeah. Pretty good time. Yeah. Or incredible time for somebody like me but for an old man know, a guy that can't even think about running that time but <laughs> yeah good job yeah I, you know what it, it really uh, as as i was kind of just soaking it up and i posted on facebook a picture of that that picture was a picture of that morning i mean that was the sunrise that morning oh, wow it was just gorgeous yeah and uh and i just felt i mean i just felt god just smiling on everything that was going on and it was just it was fun and we're going to talk more about it but um well if you're listening was, out there and you're wondering why we're talking about the big beach marathon that's actually the graduating race for the Couchton marathon which started this past january and by the way it's not too late if you have any fitness level at all you can go to runforgod.com join and uh, join us for the couch to marathon journey which will end at that race in 2023 so yeah we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more here to come um but by the way we're going to talk about our sponsor for this week again if you have a business out there and you would like to to sponsor run for god support us and allow us to support your business send an email to run lane hollis at gmail.com uh, lane will get you all the information on that but this week's sponsor is our good friend Hank at Hank's Carpet and Flooring is your one stop for all your flooring needs. Hank stocks a huge selection of name brand flooring, carpet, luxury, vinyl plank, waterproof flooring, and exclusive Lola Pate area rug collection. Voted North Georgia's best of the best eight straight years and People's Choice winner for the past two. Great flooring, great prices. Why shop anywhere else? Visit Hank's Carpet and Flooring and their giant showroom or hankscarpet.com for red hot deals. You know, I'm friends with Hank on Facebook and I saw a post. I think it was his wife might have posted it. Um, but it was a picture of Hank and a like a three-year-old three or four year old yeah and hank is a big fisherman hunter you know he's he's always wearing his wranglers and cowboy boots and this kid was kind of dressed like hank and i got to reading the caption and this couple had stopped in they weren't even from around here but she was pregnant and they were pretty close to having the baby and they were driving down the interstate and trying to decide they were having the conversation what are we going to name our our son when he comes and they were driving down the interstate and they passed Hank's billboard and it said Hank's carpet. And the husband said, what about Hank? And they said, okay. So we're naming him Hank. So they came back these years later and got a picture of Hank and Hank together. And of course, Hank Pitts knew nothing about this. So it was a, it was kind of funny to see that. What a so, cool story. Uh, yeah. So if you're, if you live around here or you need carpet or flooring for your house, really anywhere you live, uh, give them a call over there. Great family. I've known them forever and, and huge supporters of Run for God. So thanks to 
Hank and all the team over there for uh, supporting us. That's awesome. Talk about Facebook. Let's talk about a Facebook post we had from uh, this past week. And this one comes from uh, Julie Wicker, which, again, if you've been on Facebook, you know who she Another is. household name. And you know that she has she went through some tough struggles here sure. recently. And so this is her post. So much goodness in today. I had my PO appointment today. All my biopsies came back good. No cancer. I'm also healing good. This has been an ongoing battle for three years, but has been overwhelming since September. I shared my detour with God on podcast number 89. I have been training for the marathon, not knowing if I could even participate. After today's good news, I was able to register for the Myrtle Beach Marathon on March the 5th. God is so good. I really appreciate all the prayers. After my appointment, I stopped by the I stopped by the water just to breathe and thank God. Mm-hmm. Hashtag finding joy in the journey. You know, I want to bring up this one because it kind of illustrates that we don't have to give up just because there's an immovable object in mm-hmm. front of us. Well, I think a lot of times we, we go through these things where it's clear that we can't keep going on the exact path we want to be on. And there's an obstacle in our way. And so many people look at that obstacle and then turn around and walk away the other way. Mm-hmm. And that's not what Julie did. What Julie did was she, she just kind of she put things on hold. She kind of did what she could do. And then once she got on the other side of that obstacle, just in whatever way she could she's ready to just keep that journey moving and and i think it's just a good a, a good model for mm-hmm. who we are to be well and if you it's it's a cumulative effect too if you if you learn to do that on the obstacle today then tomorrow the obstacle of today doesn't look so big you, mm-hmm. it's kind of like training you know we you, you throw bigger and bigger and bigger workouts and many times that's what god will do with us he'll He'll allow obstacles in our life to strengthen our faith, obviously, yeah. you know, just like Julie talks about here. But we, we've got to learn, you know, in a, in a society where it's so easy to just give up. Mm-hmm. And we're not called to do that. That's right. We're called to push through, to get over the obstacles and, and to grow our faith in the process. And that's, you know, we've talked about it so many times on this podcast is that's where real faith is built. It's not in the good times. It's it's in the obstacles the hard times the diagnoses the death in the families it's your faith is really built tested and built better during those times and that's kudos to to julie for for sharing this number one but also for pushing through this yeah because i i can only imagine what she's gone through the past three years and um to see where she's at now still posting on run club which means she's busting through those barriers yes and so awesome for her yeah and i saw another post from actually i received an email and saw the post from another run club member who the doctor is telling her she can't run um and that you know she's she shouldn't even walk over a 5k because Mm -hmm. of some problems in her knee and um and she's feeling a little defeated but at the same time, in the background, she's saying, I don't know what I can do, but I'm going to do something. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know that that God has something for her. Because right. of the attitude that she has, you know that on the back end of this thing, that God, God's going to reveal something to her. If, she, if she'll stay on that path and she'll stay determined, God's going to reveal something unbelievable to her. And she's going to do something she never thought she could do, probably something her doctor didn't think she could do. And and it's going to be fantastic when it happens. Yeah. Uh, So that's seeing people on both sides of that. 
Um, yeah, and, and then seeing Julie, um, having to endure for a moment. The, the thing, the thing about that is, is that often when we're in the middle of that, I'm sure when and and Holly's a good example. Again, she did it right, but a lot of times when we're in the middle of that, just like this other lady that I was talking about, um, we need to realize that God's got us where He wants us mm-hmm. in that moment. The, and a lot of times we think, well, God doesn't want me in this spot where I'm struggling. Well, yes, yeah, sometimes he does mm-hmm. because he knows what's on the other side of it. Sure. So, yeah. Good word. We did have a trivia question from last week, and it was this one. There's a type of training where the pace can vary from walking to all-out sprinting. The term is a Swedish word for speed play. What is the name of this largely unstructured type of workout? <laughs> and you mentioned that the high school kids like to snicker when you say the word. Of course. I think everybody. I think us grown adults like to snicker think, sometimes at this word. I think so, too. And the word is, if you don't know, it's fartlek. So uh, it's a Swedish word that does mean sweet. It means speed play. And uh, the idea behind a, a fartlek run is is just varied intensities over a distance. So you go out and you're going to run. Let's you can even vary the distance, but let's say you're going to go out and you're going to run five miles, and you're just gonna you're just gonna play as you go. Basically, mm-hmm. you're going to throw some hard running in there. You're going to throw some moderate running in there. You're going to throw some jogging in there. Maybe even some walking. But the idea behind a fartlek is that it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a replacement for a structured workout, mm-hmm. not. And what I hear a lot of people do, and I remember I was talking with one of the one of the athletes that had left the high school and had gone into college, and he said his college coach had him doing a fartlek run, and the fartlek run was running <laughs> one minute on, one minute off, one minute hard, one minute well, that's easy. Kind of defeats the purpose doesn't it well the, what that is is that's an interval workout yeah is what that is. yeah that's what i'm saying yeah it's fart not, like it's completely unstructured exactly and that's yeah. the idea behind a fart like is it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be all right the drudgery of the one minute one one minute on one minute off the 400 repeats sure. the mile repeats whatever your your workouts are is it's so structured and it's it's just fun to go out there and just run but hard because you feel like it's also kind of it's it's more realistic to race scenarios you know especially if yes. you're in a, in a pack and you're re- mm-hmm. really racing people i know i'll do this with lane when i moto pace him on the bike we'll do fartlet workouts and i know what's coming but he has no idea so i'll i'll speed the pace and his goal is to stay on my wheel so he yeah. didn't really have to think about it but i'm varying the pace just like you would in a, in a bike race for that instance but you know, it's the same thing for a running race. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it kind of models that speeding up and slowing down because that's st- structure is good, but the unstructuredness of these workouts is also good because it, it's it's really more realistic to a, a race scenario. Yeah, yeah. And the cool thing about a fartlek run too is you're training multiple systems. Sure. When you're in a fartlek run, because the because the pace is varied so much, if you if you do it that way, and if you if you I don't want to say do it right because there is no right or wrong way, but um, it, then you, you train that aerobic system, you train the anaerobic system. You, you're you're really making yourself a more efficient runner in in many ways, including the mental aspect of you know. A lot of times, if if I go out and I do a fartlek run, then I may a lot of times I, this happens to me all the time. I'm, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to run really hard to that telephone pole. Mm-hmm. Well, I get close to that telephone pole, I'm like. I can go longer, yeah. You know, and you you pick out another telephone pole. And you're like, I'm going to that one. You know, you just you hammer it down, and you just it's like, 
I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun. Well, and it's also it helps you because you know think about it. Most training runs, you're going out and running a prescribed pace, and you're you're pretty much doing a, a flat pace for a certain distance. And a fartlek run allows you to simulate. I mean, how many times have we gotten in a race and we started too fast? Yeah, and we had to back it down. Well, learning, kind of training yourself to to run a little bit too fast, and then what that feels like. You know, going out and running five miles at ten minute pace is one thing. Going out and running one mile at eight minute pace, and then trying to back it down to a ten minute pace. That ten minute pace feels completely different after you <laughs> went out too fast. So That's it's right. it's train number one train yourself what not to do but also if it happens you know here's what i feel like and you can you can either learn that lesson or learn to deal with it you know one of the two yeah Um, yeah so yeah and there's a lot of different creative ways to do fart licks i mentioned the the telephone poles a lot of people will do that i'm going to run hard to that telephone pole you can do it with music so if you run with music and you enjoy running with music put the music on and then every time a song changes change your pace sure um, you can do it by a lot of people do it by mailbox. Mm-hmm. You know, if you live in a neighborhood where there's a lot of a lot of houses, you can go from mailbox to mailbox or block to block or something like that. Um, somebody, man, I, I saw somebody mention a dog park fart lick where they go to a dog park and every time they see a, a dog, <laughs> they change their pace um, and they do it with their dog. Uh, I know it's it's interesting. Um, I, I've thought about doing it on the, the Dalton Loop. You know, the Dalton Loop has it does get a fair number of runners in there. You see runners every once in a while. Well, every time you see a runner, change your pace. Right. So you, you can use, you, can, you just be creative. You can do it anyway, and it's fun. It's, it's just, meant to be fun. It's yeah. not meant to be structured. But at the same time, you're getting some great sure. fitness benefit out yeah, of it. Yeah, absolutely. So really cool. All right, so Dean, we got this, uh, we've got this 5K challenge starting April the 3rd. If you... If you've been living under rock, you haven't seen any of the emails. You know, some of the run club members may not have actually seen much correspondence on this. The non-members for sure have been getting emails and, and correspondence about this. But we are starting a virtual 5K challenge starting April the 3rd. Very similar to the marathon challenge where everything is done online. We, we release videos every Sunday evening uh, and you can go through, but you have this group as your support system. So if you're out there, you're not a member of Run Club, maybe you just listen to this podcast, go to runforgot.com, go to runforgot.com and click on upcoming challenges. Uh, you'll see the marathon challenge, which is ongoing right now, but you also see the 5K challenge starting April the 3rd. Go on there and check it out. We have tons of information on what it's all about, what you need to be doing. Um, it's it's just it's going to be an incredible time. We've never done this with the five k challenge, um, but all of you marathon people out there who are going through the marathon challenge right right now, here's your chance to start your own club in your community. You know, maybe the marathon challenge was a little bit too much to take on. Well, here's a twelve week program for you. Go get 5, 10, 15, 500, you know, whoever you are, and start a class April the 3rd. It can be as simple. We said this back in the marathon, but it doesn't it, – I don't want to discount it by saying you don't have to put a lot of thought into it, but don't put too much thought into it. You know, it really is as simple as getting some people together, watching the video, having the faith discussions around that video, and then heading out for a run. It really is. That's don't complicate it. Don't don't make your life miserable and just add one more thing on your plate because I know we're all so busy. Keep it simple. 
Yeah. Keep it to some people at your house or at your church watching the video, going out for a run, and you can absolutely change the lives of some people in your community. But more than that, it's going to change your life leading people through this. It's going to give you a whole different perspective on this sport. So there it is. The 5K Challenge starts April the 3rd. Uh, if you're a Run Club member, you can go on, on sign in to runforgod.com, click on the upcoming challenges, and you can find out all that information too. But we want you to join us. You know what the dynamic that I'm thinking about that I think is going to be fun to watch is that the dynamic of those people who – who are basically right at the end of their 5K challenge journey yeah. are going to see these people who are just starting their 5K challenge journey, and now they're veterans. Yeah. And so now they yeah. can encourage them because somebody's going to, you know how it is, people post and they're going to, people are going to post on the Facebook page and they're going to say, man, I did that first week's workouts and man, that was tough. And there's going to be somebody who's going to say, I was there just 12 weeks ago and you can do it. You know, it's, I, I can't wait to see Well, this. I mean, but think about, you know, what, what this group has meant to you, what this sport has meant to you thus far. If you're just starting the marathon challenge, I've already seen the comments of, people's perspective on life has already changed as a result of what they're learning through this process we don't need to hide that it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like the gospel <laughs> yeah. we're not we're not meant to take all this information in and hide it go out there and share it with people get others involved you know what it's done for you you know the change that it's already made in you go get some other people plugged in not only will you be helping them but you'll be holding yourself accountable yeah. There's, there's no better way to hold yourself accountable. It's kind of like, you know, the the best way to, to get out of debt is to teach a Dave Ramsey course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's there's no better way to hold yourself yeah. accountable in your own running than to start teaching about it. Yeah. And we do most of the heavy lifting. You don't have to get up and 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 give long explanations of the classes anymore. We're, we're doing all that for you. We're just asking you to spark the conversations afterwards yeah and it's really that easy and um yeah go to runforgod.com click on upcoming challenges and find out more we'll be starting april the third can't wait yeah now if you haven't listened to j radio listen if it weren't for j radio this podcast would be a lot tougher for us to do i mean i don't know that we would have figured it out i I don't think so that's way over our head they're above our pay grade they're technical gurus they are they know how to do stuff and if it weren't for them there would be no run for god run club podcast and so go out there and support j radio as a mom i want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar their car seats have to be nationally cps certified and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man i just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe one thing i don't have to worry about is the content they hear on j radio not only do they love the music but i know it's only going to be a positive message that i would approve of now if i could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose sign up at jradio.com and download the new j radio app in your app store all right we're back and you know these Thursday nights have become pretty big, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. got a lot of folks tuning in on Thursday nights. and I remember when you started, there was like 10 people on there. Yeah. And I think there was like 120, 130 when I tuned in last Thursday night. So, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of good information on there. 
Yeah, well, and hopefully we're giving you what you want. If you if you got some other ideas, and let me know what you want to hear. But it all it's also a good time just to ask some questions. Um, and, and we've had some really good questions. It's kind of like the fart lick night. It is. It's a little it's bit. It's just whatever comes. That's and, right. You know, the no structure. That's exactly right. That's a good, <laughs> good way to put it. So if you have other questions that um, specifically, you can always email me at dean at runforgod.com. Again, I've said this before. Sometimes I get, I, sometimes it may be 20 minutes later, I'll respond to you. And sometimes it may be three days later that I mm-hmm. respond to you. But I will, I will get to you. Sure. And, and if I don't, email me again and don't think you're bugging me because that means I, I got buried and I missed it somehow. So don't 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 feel bad about that. Okay, um, but yeah, we we just want to help out. We want we want your journey on this couch to marathon. If you're doing that on the five k challenge, if you whatever your challenge is right now, we want to be helpful and we want to try to help with that. So let us know how we can do that. So I'm going to get a chance to do something crazy coming up real soon. As a matter of fact, I think this this podcast will come out maybe the day after i do this so i'm gonna be running a four by 800 meter relay with three other old guys that are in my age group (laughs) and we're going to try to set the american record for the four by 800 meter relay that is pretty cool it's gonna be pretty fun to be be a part of it um we got one guy from colorado we got two guys from texas and then me running this thing. So um, so tell me how this came about. I've, I've heard bits and pieces, but you just got a phone call kind of out of the blue, didn't you? I did. What happened was apparently they had, they've been planning this for a long time. And they had four guys <clears throat> that were going to do it. And they had um, – everything was set. Well, apparently one of the guys really wasn't training very well. And he was kind of not being. Always have that one guy. Yeah, and he wasn't really being straightforward. I don't know what happened with it. I just know they kind of kicked the guy out of the group, and said we need another guy. And so one of the guys in the group, he he thought about me. We had met at the USATF Track Championships, and he 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 thought about me, and so um, he called me. And he said, hey, would you like to do this thing? And I'm like, I don't know if I want to travel all the way to Houston to run for less than two and a half minutes yeah um because i got a lot going on you know and and then i'm like but that's pretty cool to be a part of and so i finally decided i said well let me let me gauge it i'm gonna run it by debbie Mm -hmm. and so i asked debbie i said here's here's the deal and she said you know that sounds kind of cool yeah and so she was kind of encouraging you know, she knows how much I got going on, but she also knows this would be a pretty cool thing to be a part of. So, so, but you've you, you told me yesterday you've also been looking at another record that you you could potentially break. Yeah, yeah. The let's talk about that because well, that that even steps it up another notch or two higher. It does, and the world. I, I honestly think I think we're if, if everybody hits their goal then we'll be within 10 seconds of the world record, which is held by four guys from Spain. And so... Now, this is an age group It's record. an age group thing. Yeah. That's an, it's, it's, it's an age group. So this is 55 to 59-year-old age group. Yeah, so you're not competing against the Diamond League guys. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would look silly. <laughs> um, and, I mean, you know, you never know. You never know how these things are going to go. More often than not, the people, you know, there's at least a couple that don't hit their goal and a couple that do. So more likely, more than likely, we're going to be 
10 to 15 to 20 seconds off of the world record. But who knows? Everybody runs great that day. Everybody surpasses what they think they can run. So have you told the other three guys about the world record time? Oh, they they, they know. They know. Yeah. Okay. Somebody else brought it up because I said I thought we could run 940. And uh, one of the guys said, well, the world record's only 930. I'm like, man, that's close. That's close. And when is this taking place? It's taking place February the 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. Well, this podcast comes out on February 14th. 14th. That's right. Yep. So by the time this comes out... Maybe we will have an update on the Run Club group page. We may have a, I may have an American record. That would be really cool. That would be, yeah, yeah. Well, good so, luck, Dean. Well, thank you. All right, the story this week is from Russell Oravec, and uh, once again, mm-hmm. a name that everybody knows if you've been on the Facebook page. And um, you know, he and his wife Tracy, they're just precious people, mm-hmm. and I love them. And. Uh, and his story is called God's Road for Me to Follow. And and if, you, if you've seen him on Facebook, you know that he starts every post with one word. Well, <laughs> he starts everything that way. And he started his story that way as well. So, uh, so uh, let, me, let me start with this. Well, my running journey started about 21 years ago when I first got married to my wife, Tracy. And at that time, we were going to church, but we're not running for God. I was running for myself. We were living in a transition. We were living in transition housing through the YWCA, and I was seeing a counselor. He asked about my goals, and I told him I wanted to run a marathon someday. One thing led to another, and I started training. He was able to get me entered into a couple of 5Ks and a 10K. I did that and a little more for a couple of years when during one race I felt a pain in my left thigh, but I didn't think anything of it. I ran another half marathon before I realized that I had torn some ligaments in my thigh and I was told that I would not be able to run again without wrapping my thigh securely. I had to take six months off to allow it to heal. So my running was put aside and I thought my goal was over. So I moved on. As the years went by, I never thought of running again until after we moved to Florida about 11 years later. We started going to Westwood Baptist Church and got our kids into the youth programs, and we started going to church regularly on Sundays. At some point, I started thinking that that one goal that had slipped by me, uh, about three months later, I found out that a lady in our church was leading a Run for God program. I looked at Tracy and said, this can't be. But sure enough, they were starting to train for a 5K and have a devotion weekly. I decided to go see what it was all about. I told myself that I would pray about it and see where the Lord leads me to go. I started the training and listened to the videos, and I was thinking back to when I started running over 20 years ago. I found out what I was, what I was, or excuse me, I found out what was missing and why things had happened the way they did. The problem was that I was doing it all for me and not for my Lord Jesus Christ. I wasn't praising him for what I did or anything. But I knew when I started this Run for God program, that's what the Lord wanted me to do. So now the next hurdle was that I knew what I was told by my doctor in Maine about my thigh. I told myself, I'm going to do this and leave my thigh in the Lord's hands. As you can see, I'm still running. I did two 5Ks and then found out that Run for God was going to be doing a half marathon in August of 2020. So I started training for it and was praising God for every step that I took. But on June 24th, (coughs) 
of 2020, I was on my way home from work and I had a car accident in which I totaled my car and injured my back, neck, arm, and right side. I was told that if it weren't for my seatbelt, the airbag, and the good Lord above, I wouldn't be here today. I was seeing a chiropractor for my injuries after seeing my regular doctor and was still hoping to be able to run the half marathon for Run for God. But God had other plans, and I didn't get to run it. So I was trying to figure out what he had in mind for me. So I just kept praying about it, doing what I could for training with the condition I I was going through with my injuries. About a month or two after that race, I saw a post on Facebook for the Run for God Couch to Marathon program starting in January. I felt that was God that I felt that was what God wanted me to do. So I signed up, became a member, and I went through the program, posting my progress and getting a ton of comments and encouragement back. Now, mind you, I have had my ups and downs going through the program. But I don't think I would have ever made it to my goal of running a marathon without this group to help me get through with my Lord and Savior, leading me through every step and every challenge. After that, I accomplished my goal and ran the Disney Marathon this past Sunday. I might not have finished with the time I wanted, but with God's help and this group, I did it. And now that I have done it, my wife Tracy has now signed up to walk the Couch to Marathon program, and I'm going to walk right with her. Of course, I'll still do my running as well. I would like to thank my God for bringing me to this group. And with this group, my wife and I are growing closer to God, and my children are also getting out and walking too. I would like to thank Mitchell for creating this group and for Dean's coaching and for our Lord and Savior for leading in everything I do. Until next time, God bless and go shine your light. Hmm. Great sign off, Russell. I like it. <laughs> you have to love the enthusiasm of this couple. Yeah. They're so supportive of one another. Yeah. And, and when we were in um, at Disney, we, we met we met them there. Sure. We had met them prior to that, but we met them there. And um, Russell is, uh, Tracy's a talker. Mm-hmm. And so she's, I mean, she's, I mean, she, she, when she has something to say, she goes after it. She can't get it out fast enough. Right, yeah. exactly. And Russell's like, he's, he's a little bit more laid back. So Tracy will, will, will and Russell just kind of, he'll just kind of fade in the background for just a minute. He'll wait till she's done. And then, and he'll, then he'll pounce. And then he'll go. Yeah. yeah. When and, we got there, they we actually got there quite a bit early for that meetup. Well, they were the first ones. that They were there before we were. And uh, mm-hmm. we pulled up, and they jumped out of the car, and yeah, they're just uh, they're 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 a lot of fun. They have they have been such a bright shining light too. The way that they post, the way that Russell posts, and and Tracy too. They sure. they're both posted, and Tracy's so proud of Russell. Yeah, and that's so awesome to watch. Yeah, uh, for sure. Be- because you know that's I know we don't we don't talk about marriage on here much, mm-hmm. but that's the picture of marriage is yeah. us really supporting one another. Right. And some people make that obvious. Others, you know, I know your wife is hugely supportive of you. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do it in public and get fired up and excited about it and put it in everybody's face. But, uh, but man, how, how about all of our spouses sure. and how they just uh, we all encourage up. us? Well, we did. <laughs> yep. And they've been married 21 years. That's pretty awesome. <clears throat> Scripture passage number one, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not sure how many times we can talk about this verse. We just hang out with Paul, don't we? We do. Yeah. We do. 
But the one thing that I wanted to point out as it relates at least to Russell's story, we have to be careful not to allow things get in our way and completely derail us. And you saw that with Russell, mm-hmm. is he had this problem with his thigh, and he really did. He allowed that to get in his way. Now, God had a reason for that in his case, right? God had a reason because, as, as he points out through, through this story, he was running for Russell, and he felt, and he, he knew he needed a different focus, and that's what God instilled in him over that time in between when he wasn't running. But so often, this is so different from what Julie did, mm-hmm. right? Julie just she she kept doing what she could, and in this case, you know, it took him six months to get over it. He could have started back to running, but at that point, it was like, ah, what's the point? You know, yeah. I I'd worked so hard to get to where I was. Um, so it's a it's a neat story because because how God intervened in right. all of this. Well, I mean, we get it in our head, and I don't I don't really know where this comes from. I've done it. I think we've all done it. But we start on we start into something that that takes time, like like a running program, or um, it could be a fast. It could be a, a lot of different things that, that that happens over a period of time, and we we stub our toe one spot. Yeah, we miss one workout. We we eat that wrong thing if we're on a fast. We and we think we've blown it, and and we just we just hop off the wagon and think what's what's it all for now but that is that is so wrong um those are those are opportunities not that not that we want to stub our toe not that we want to accidentally whatever or or miss that workout but we need to look at those as opportunities not only for for grace for ourselves, which many times we're last to extend grace to our own self. That's that's the last person we tend to extend grace for. I, I know I'm hard on myself. Yeah. But it's also it's also an opportunity. We should look at it as an opportunity to not have that again and to learn the 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 skill of overcoming. Yeah. Um okay, I missed that workout. I'm not gonna try to play catch up, which that's that's a whole nother problem when people try to play catch up. Forget about it. Yeah, and start over the next day. Start again the next day, and but I, you know that's that's something that's fleeing in our society. Yeah, you know we just you messed well, up, you might, and that's that's from the devil. It is well, and I blame social media for it. And the reason why I blame social media is that social media it makes it look like people never have problems, right? Because they're only posting their highlight reel, as sure. we've mentioned before. Think about this: Paul wrote some great letters and some great books of the Bible. And, you know, we know about Paul's life before he became Paul, but we know about Saul. We know about Saul and we know how bad he was. And he admits that and he talks about how bad he was, but he doesn't focus really in any of his letters. He doesn't really focus on the failings that he has in that, in those moments. Sure. But you know, he had them. Listen, as listen, I'm like Paul in a lot of ways. I'm super passionate about stuff. And I say stuff I shouldn't say. And I do it all the time. And I regret it afterwards. And I know I'm 120% sure that Paul shot back at some people that said oh, something sure. he didn't like. And and he didn't quit. And he didn't stop sharing the gospel. And he didn't quit supporting all of these other churches just because he had these outbursts and did things that God wasn't pleased with. And I, 
I think we, we look at Paul and we think, well, Paul was perfect. No. Well, and I think it's, you know, now that you're saying that, it makes you think about where we're at today in the whole cancel culture. You know, society tries, it's kind of, it's kind of almost backwards in thinking, but society almost has made Christians out to be perfect. Yeah. So that when they do fail and they're going to, that they need to be canceled. Mm-hmm. You're a hypocrite. Yes, we're all hypocrites. Yeah. It's by the grace of God that we're going to heaven. Yep. Um, but we, we, we have to understand that we are not perfect people, and we don't need to portray ourselves as perfect. If That's a whole other discussion, that if you're out there portraying yourself as perfect, you're just setting yourself up for because you, you're going to mess up. It's not if, it's when. And thank God we've got a God who's forgiving and has grace and mercy and and everything that we don't deserve, but you're right. We've, we've got to learn to to get through those times of being called names, maybe rightfully so. You know, somebody calls you a hypocrite. That can hurt. Yeah. But there again, we've talked about you on the run that time with the dogs, and you said something you shouldn't have said. You could have easily went back and sulked and thought, you know, I messed up. I, I, did, I, I, I ruined my Christian walk right there. But no, you looked at it as an opportunity to turn around and go back to those people and let them know what a real Christ follower looks like. And that's somebody who does mess up, but they come back and they make it right. And those are the things that we don't want to have those scenarios, but when we do, we need to look at them as opportunities. And that's exactly what what Russell did. That's exactly what Julie did. That's I mean, we see so many people modern day, not the Pauls. You know, not mm-hmm. not the people of Bible times, real modern day people who are just like Paul. We yeah. we mess up, but we we can extend God's kingdom even through our mess up at times. Yeah. And but we've well, got to keep going to do that. Well, and at the risk of sounding political, I, I, I want to say this, that, that you mentioned cancel culture and this whole idea of canceling people. I don't care what your political persuasion is, but when somebody says something that's not good, that they shouldn't have said, Mm -hmm. but they come back and they apologize for it, you know, Jesus tells us we are supposed to forgive in the same way that God forgives us. Mm -hmm. And if we're not forgiving those folks and going, hey, today's a new day. That was yesterday. We need to move on. If we feel like it's appropriate to remove them from their platforms or whatever. Now, some things are really, really bad, and sometimes that may be appropriate, but for the most part, most people, they say something, and it's it's, it maybe sometimes it's terrible. We right. just had a recent public figure who said something that was really bad, and everybody's mad about this whole thing. Grace is important. Grace is really important. And, sure. and, and so we, we, if we're going to be the Christians we need to be, Christians are supposed to forgive the same way that God forgives us. Mm. Good word. First John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. You know, this is kind of going back to what you just talked about. You know, what what stings in this is the very next verse. And it said, he who says, I love God, but hates his brother is a liar. Mm. I mean, we, we use that word flippantly sometimes. I hate this. I hate that. I mean, God is pretty explicit here yeah. that love and hate 
they don't they don't go together. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're openly saying and you have that vile thoughts of someone in your mind and you hate somebody, you don't love God. Mm-hmm. Because if you love God, you're going to be obedient and you're going to do what He says to do, and that is to love everyone, including those who hate you. And I mean that that's. That weighed heavy on me this morning when I read it because, you know, there's there's people in my life that <laughs> I like less than others, but God really put it on my heart this morning. You, you can you can like them less, but you need to love them. That's right. And love love is there's not degrees of love necessarily. Yeah. Um we're to love everybody. Yep. Yep. Man, good word. It also says in the verse prior to this that love and fear, there's, you, they can't, they no. can't coexist. No. And, and so, in this selfish world that we have today, um, you know, we're we're all about ourselves very often. But God decided to go first mm-hmm. in this case. You know, God said, "Here's how much I love you, and I want you to love me back." Just Dean, you caused me to go to the cross. Yeah. But I'm going to love you. Yes. How, how many situations, I've been in situations, I'll admit it, we've all been in these situations where we're like, well, if they come apologize to me first, then, then I'll forgive them. That's completely unbiblical and wrong yeah. Yeah. to even have that mentality. Yep. We, we should be running to the person. I Several years back, um, it was after Run For God started, early on, I mean, God really woke me up in a in a it was a, a revival we had at our church and and a group came in and, and they really started just bearing down on forgiveness and and there were some loose ends on on my part from my past of people that i needed to go forgive who had no remorse for what they did didn't care and i, I think you've dealt with this too god called me to go to them and say i forgive you and and one particular person he could care less what I was saying. Yeah. And but it's like God just gave me peace about it. Yeah. And it was so weird because the old Mitchell wanted just to poke the guy's eyes out. I mean, it's like Yeah. There was there was there was no gratefulness, there was no nothing. I mean, just blank look. He was like, Why are you here? And I said, I forgive you. And it freed me. Didn't free him. It freed me. And we we think so many times that we're letting somebody off the hook when we forgive them, but it's us that's being let off the hook when we forgive people. And I don't know. I think I took a rabbit trail there, but but it's a good one. But yeah, I mean, it, it all falls in line here with love is the answer to everything, and in love is forgiveness. And it's this is why the cross is so important is because it was a demonstration of how he loved us regardless of how we treat him. Sure. And um, we we need to be eager to reciprocate that feeling. And oftentimes we say it, but are we really eager about it? And I think that's something that's really important. You know, we know people that model this really well. Like I've got a neighbor who I got a message from last night. Um, we We have a Bible study in our neighborhood um every tuesday night and we couldn't have it on tuesday night this week because we got several folks that are under the weather and we don't need to be passing stuff around especially in this day and time right now 
And so we didn't meet. But I got a message from him the next day saying, hey, how's everybody in your house? Mm. You know, that's what that is. That's that's somebody who just he cares. Mm-hmm. He He's demonstrating the same kind of love that God demonstrates. And he does this in a lot of ways, not just that way. He does it in other ways, too. Whenever we had snow, he sh- he's got a tractor. He showed up on my driveway and shoveled and got my driveway clear for me. Mm. You know, it's he's that kind of guy. He wants to help people. And uh, that's who we're called to be, Mm. that kind of person. How about another scripture? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's 2 Timothy 1, 7. And there's that word fear again. That's a theme throughout the Bible, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The word fear is brought up in the Bible over and over again. And, And yet, I can't help but think about as Christians, we, we continue to talk about how we are persecuted and how people are coming after Christians. And are they? Yeah, there are, there are some people who are doing that. Who do we have on our side? Mm-hmm. We don't need to be fearful of that. Now, do we need to speak up about it? Maybe, depending on the situation. It needs to be God-led. But, yes. Too it many means, times it's not. That's right. And when it is God-led, God... It's going to look completely different yes. than if it's Mitchell or Dean-led. Yep. And and God, and and God God wins. We know the end of the book. <laughs> well, I mean, just think about put yourself, and this is hard to do because it's it's many times we look at this as stories, but this is this is real life. Paul was a real person. Think about the circumstances of when Paul was writing this. When Paul was writing this, he understood what was coming. By this point, Paul was in prison. His execution was imminent. Many of his friends had deserted for him. In fact, Luke was the only one still with him at the time he wrote this verse. But yet, he was still writing letters to people saying, keep the faith. If if anybody, if there was anybody out there who we would probably understand, he's about to be executed I kind of understand that he's lost his faith. Yeah. No, he's doubling down. He's, yeah. he, he's if he louder. gets caught doing what he's doing right then, he could be executed right then. <laughs> but yet, in the face of all that, friends leaving him, execution imminent, in prison, he's writing to people saying, hey, keep the faith. Yeah. I mean, that is just, that's so incredible. And if you, if you, if when you're, when you're reading, all of Paul's writings, he makes mention. He lets you know where he's at, but that's not where he dwells. Yep. If if I wrote a letter, I mean, I, I'm just thinking. If I was in prison, all my friends have left, and I'm I'm about to be killed for trusting Jesus Christ. I don't know that my letter would look like his. Yeah. It would probably start off something like, "This is horrible. I'm hungry. They've beat me." You don't see that with Paul. None of it. Yeah. I yeah, mean, you right. just don't. And, and the, many times the only way we know that are from other writings of the times. It's not necessarily Paul's writings. Yeah. It's it's other accounts that we we know. It's it's not. Paul's not going to Facebook and saying, woe is me, blah, blah, blah. He's going to Facebook from prison about to be killed saying, hey, keep the faith, guys. Yeah. Keep the faith. Don't don't worry about me. I know where I'm headed. Keep doing what I taught you to do. Yeah. 
I can't help but think about that. That's bold, right? That's that's extreme bold, bold. boldness, yeah. right? And this past weekend, I was at this big beach marathon, and I was talking with folks at the packet pickup. And there was one lady who came up to me, and she was talking about feeling guilty about being competitive into competitive running and wanting to be competitive. That is it right for me to be competitive? As if Christians should be timid about what they do. And of course, I, I pointed out to her, I said, listen, I said, Jesus turned over the, the, temp, the tables in the temple. Do you think that was timid? That's not timid. That's not the picture of who we're supposed to be. The, the, the idea that you're passionate about something and go after it hard, I think that's what God wants us to do mm-hmm. is to go after things hard. Now, it depends on how we do that, how we frame it and everything else. And we don't want that to become all consuming and that's all we think about and that's our that becomes our idol. But short of that, being passionate about running well, there is nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And it translates to our spiritual life when we sure. do it. And so uh, I just thought that was an interesting comment because I, I don't know that I've ever had anybody come to me and and say that. Well, I think some people have this idea that Christians are supposed to be weak. You know, in the Beatitudes, he says, uh, blessed are the meek. It's a very different word than meekness, but many people will conflate that with weakness. Meekness is not weakness. Yeah. Meekness is is humbleness. It's It's not weakness. You can... You can have meekness and strength and competitiveness all at the same time. Yeah, it, it comes down to what what your attitude is. It, yeah. It's an attitude, and but yeah, I mean, strength, competitiveness. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, who are you pointing to? Is where the difference comes in. Yeah, you know when you. I, I, I think I've probably said it on here before, but when the kids were little and we had the triathlon team and we would go to these races and, you know, you have some of these teams who they get on the podium and even at six, seven years old, some of these kids were getting up there and pointing at me. And and I told all of our kids, even kids that weren't my kids, I said, if I ever see you get on that podium and you start pointing at me, 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 and I creamed all y'all, I said, be looking for a shoe. Because it's coming through the air, and it will knock you off that podium. Because that is what people tend to to think that that's what strength represents. No, that's not no. what strength represents. That's not representative of strength. That's representative of cockiness. Yep. You can be confident and not yeah. be cocky. And and, and you want Jesus was confident. Paul was very confident. But there was no cockiness in him. Maybe... Maybe in the Saul days, yes. But Paul knew Paul knew what the only reason that he was able to do what he did. And it wasn't because of Paul. It was because of Jesus. You know what strength and meekness looks like? It looks like Jesus hanging on the cross after having been beaten and looking down on people going, forgive them for they know not what they do. Man, yeah. I mean, that's you talk about strength. That's that's pure as, as strong as it comes right mm-hmm. there good picture question one what is god's purpose for me in running i ask myself that every now and then <laughs> <laughs> on those bad runs you're well, like, god yeah. why am i doing this 
Uh, well, I think God wants us to glorify him in all that we do. He tells us that very, very clearly in scripture, and that includes running. And I think it looks different for everybody. So, uh, you know, for me as a faster runner, it looks different than it does somebody who's going to barely squeak in under the time limit mm-hmm. in a marathon. You know, this past week I ran this big beach marathon. Well, I finished second overall and, and, and I was blessed to be able to do that. And so as I was about to go up to the stage to get my award, I took my jacket off mm. because I had a Run For God shirt on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want people to see mm-hmm. who, who it is I run for. And that's, and I feel like that get, that's, a, that's, a, that's a little bit of a stage mm-hmm. where I can. It's your, it's your yeah. And, and again, it's, podium. it's not to glorify me, but to say, this is who I run for right here. Yeah. And, um, and it was so, again, I'm blessed to be able to do that. Not everybody gets to be able to do that. But for some people, it's barely squeaking in under the under They all the get to do it line. in their own way. Yeah, somebody, but somebody else is in the back of the pack, and there's somebody struggling, mm. and they walk up to that person and go, come on, come with me. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to finish this thing together. You know, and what, what kind of a witness can that be? It, and it takes so many, thousands of forms. But. Yeah, and I mean just the just the just the daily grind of of the sport of running teaches you so much about overcoming. We this is kind of a reoccurring thing in this podcast is is overcoming. It's you know there are going to be days either you don't feel like it. I mean, just yesterday I do a, a little strength workout after my run, and that's just kind of what I do right now. And well, yesterday there was some stuff going on, and I just barely squeaked my run in. And I had it in my mind, I'm just going to skip the strength for today because I had to go in and get something to eat. And then we were heading off to church and I just don't like to do strength, any activity after I eat. It just doesn't feel. But I went out and I did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just teaching yourself the discipline of persistence and overcoming obstacles. Yesterday's schedule was my obstacle. Yeah. But I forced myself overcome it and as soon as i was done with that workout that last rep i was like oh man i'm glad i did that yeah and last night if i hadn't done it i'd have been laying in bed thinking why didn't i do that i I could have found time to do that and so you know it it it's so much sweeter when many times when you force yourself to do something that you really don't want to do it always turns out good. You never get done and go, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. That's, um, yep. I regret that. Even if it makes you a couple minutes late to something, yeah, which is so far outside of my vocabulary. Yeah. I don't like to be late for things, but yesterday I was potentially going to be late, but it was important to get it in. And, and we'll, we'll do the things that we make important in yeah. our lives. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom line is that we're, we're all called to represent Christ in whatever we do. And we have to understand people are watching us and people are look and they're honestly, a lot of times when you're a Christian and you've got a lot of non-Christian folks out there, they're watching too. And they're waiting for you to stumble um, and make mistakes. It's not fair, but it is what it is. They're not Christians. They don't have the same values and we shouldn't expect them to. Mm-hmm. And, um, we've we still have to show the grace to them even though but but understand too that in we have those opportunities to mess up but we also have those opportunities to to make it right and mm-hmm. to do other things and uh and and we want to do that as well sure so another question uh 
Am I doing all I can for my Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> I think about this a little bit like training, right? It, it, when, you're, when you're training, or, or, now if you're a professional, maybe you're doing all the things you can do, right? But the rest of us who, who have, we have jobs and we have other things we have to do, am I doing all I can do to be the best runner I can be? No, I'm not because I just, I don't have the time for it. And, you know, it's kind of that way, I think, in our Christian walk. It's if we, we can't do enough to make, to, to make up for what he's done for us. And so this whole idea, am I doing enough, is like, no, we're never doing enough. We do this podcast every week, which is pretty a fairly significant thing. Is it enough? No. no it's not even, not close. even close. I think, but I think this is where, I think this is where people get hung up sometimes. They get hung up in this legalistic thought that if I can't do enough for God, then I just don't need to do anything. And, and that, that derails so many people. It's, it's what we talked about earlier that we just we tend to give up. It does it in running, too. It's the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. But do you realize I kind of did a little a little searching and digging when I read that? Because this, this question really intrigued me this morning. It, it kind of I, I don't I don't know where Russell's coming from in asking this question, but I know where kind of where God led me. Do you realize that in the New Testament alone in the New Testament, not the legalistic Old Testament? I, sh- I shouldn't have said it that way. The Old Testament we tend to think of as the law and yeah. has a lot of commandments and sure. you need to do this, this, and this. But let's let's jump to the New Testament. There are eighteen hundred commands in the New Testament, <laughs> things that we need to do. O- obedience is our outward expression that we belong to Christ once we are justified by Him. Being a Christian does not mean that we have to keep. 1800 commandments that are given in the New Testament. We, we can't do it. We can't do it. And I say that confidently because of what Scripture says. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed by this to this world, but be transformed by the renewing yeah. of your mind. It, every day, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting better, and we're getting better, and we're getting better. Hebrews 12, 2 ironically both of these are 12 2 i thought that was pretty cool romans 12 2 hebrews 12 2 let us fix our eyes on jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith it didn't say the author of our perfect faith this is the perfecter of our faith meaning this is a process jesus he, he it's just like our kids we have so many rules for our kids do we expect them to follow every single household rules that we have, I hope they do, but I know that they're not. Right. And there's grace, and I, my hope is that every day they'll get better at cleaning that room and blowing the driveway and doing whatever the whatever the list of things that we have for our kids. It's the same way with God. We're called to become more like Christ. We don't get saved and all of a sudden, sudden become like Christ. Yeah, We're called to become more like Christ. And that is a process that is not complete on this side of glory. We're called to get better and better and better. Just like I kind of disagree with the professional athletes. Even a professional athlete, I don't think, can ever do enough. Yeah, Because there's always something more. There's always a different exercise or a different workout. But we need to pick our battles. 
Yeah. And we, we just need to do things that get us a step closer. Professional athletes, they're looking at getting a second or two seconds. Yeah. There's always more seconds to get. So yeah. we'll never be doing enough. But we're called it's a it's a process, just like training. And that's why I love how this parallels the sport of running does parallel with our faith because it's it's the same philosophy yeah. in both. It's a process of getting faster. And there's gonna be setbacks. And we have to expect setbacks. Not not ex yeah, we should expect setbacks. We should happen. plan for setbacks and know what we're going to do when those come before they come because, as we've talked about so many times, we're much more likely to have the outcome we want when we plan for it. Yeah, but make sure that you really celebrate the big ones too, the, the times you do overcome it. Mm. I saw a post that from, from, I think it was yesterday, Emily Cicero. Um, she didn't post a ton mm -hmm. on, on there, but Emily Emily is probably, I don't know this for a fact, she's probably the fastest female runner we have in Run Club. Mm -hmm. um, she has a, a great running background. She's done some amazing things. She she texted me or sent me a uh, an email. We talked about some things that she could do to try to get back where she wants to be. And um, Emily posted this very transparent post about how she just, she wasn't feeling it. She didn't want to get on the treadmill, and she lives up where it's cold. It was like three degrees. She needed to work, run on the treadmill, and she so she got on that treadmill anyway, and she was really proud of herself just for getting on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. But she was supposed to run a tempo run, and that's <laughs> Those was, are the ones that are easy to let go. <laughs> yes, but her attitude was, well, at least if I get on the treadmill – then then it's all good you know I, I'll, I'll at least do something and and we talked about that it is good to do something but then god intervenes and it's so awesome when he does and this is she took a step and then god intervenes to let her take the next step she's listening to the podcast and she hears in the podcast this was a podcast where she said i said it's you know it's it's nine thirty at night and you haven't got your workout in mm -hmm. so what just because your bedtime's at 10 o'clock, just go out there the and do it anyway. brutal truth as told by Dean. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, and that hit her, and she was like, all right, I'm going to do my tempo run. And she did wow. her tempo run, and it was her best one. And so, all, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just fantastic that she overcame that, and she did that, and and and, and that, that God would use some moron <laughs> to help her with that was even, was even more incredible. But she she did it. And she needs, and she celebrated that. She was really proud of that. And we should do that. And I think a lot of people, they go through those, those times and they're happy about them. But, you know, if you'll, if you'll I guarantee there's a lot of people that were super encouraged yeah. by seeing what she posted. Well, and it's why, I mean, and, and the Facebook group can be a form of this, but that's why it's so important to journal, to write these things down and document them so that, the next time that comes up, you know, when you when you write things down, it can t it tends to put things to memory. For me, not so much nowadays. But writing this stuff down or typing it out, putting it on Facebook, so not only can it encourage others, but it can. It's just also kind of puts it in your memory bank that next time this comes up, I've got a leg up on this problem yeah. the next time, and yeah. and that's what this is all about. It's it's overcoming and getting better, overcoming and getting better, whether it's our our fitness life or it's our faith life it's the same principles yeah yeah 
Last question. Is running for me? <laughs> I ask myself this question too a lot. No. Uh, well, yes, it is. It, it, it definitely is for me, and certainly for Russell. Sure. You know, you can see the you can see his joy in what he's what he's doing, and that's pretty cool. And, and right, again, even, again, I, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. But we say running a lot, but it, it may be walking, walking for you. Yeah. And it, walking is for me right now too. Yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of doing a little bit of both right now, because um, I. I I do like to run, but I do like to walk. I'm kind of torn right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Russell, in this case, has had some major setbacks. He has. And and he's still, you know, it would be easy to go, well, you know, that whole thigh issue, you know, God was probably telling me I don't need to be running. No, no. Because, he's, you know, that's a thing that's in his heart that he loves to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and setbacks um, are, are are good sometimes and i think they sure. were in this case because i think he appreciates it more than he ever did before because of that uh, and obviously if you're in run club then running obviously must be for you or walking again as you point out um but but let, let me i, I want to point this out too it, if you think a lot of people if you're out there and you struggle to run you may be looking at the Dean Thompsons of the world, mm-hmm. and you may think, "Well, it's easy for him." Mm-hmm. Let me share something with you. You were you were with me yesterday. You saw me hobbling yesterday. Mm-hmm. My knee hurt mm-hmm. bad yesterday. It was there were times when it it surprised me how bad it hurt, mm-hmm. and I could have said, "Okay, I got a uh, this knee hurts." But what I did was I went to a medical professional and said, "Will you look at my knee and just?" Tell me whether or not there's anything seriously wrong with it. He looked at it. He said, no, I think you got some inflammation in there, but it's not. You're, there's nothing major wrong. You're not going to hurt anything. So last night, I got on a treadmill to run. I don't like the treadmill. I don't run on the treadmill. It's the first time I've run on the treadmill in over a year. But I ran on the treadmill anyway. It was better for my knee. And it was a struggle to run last night. You know what happened this morning? I woke up. Knee feel better. My knee almost doesn't hurt. I mean, it's, it's almost 100% better. And I think that that run yesterday was therapeutic for it. Mm. I think it was good for it mm-hmm. to do that. And now I'm not saying that if something's hurting, it's better to run than not run. That's it, not what you don't. prefaced this with saying you went and saw a professional. Yes. First. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it's not easy. It's not easy no matter what pace you run. Running is hard. And if you think there's people out there that it's just easy for them, it's not. It's not. But many times we will allow, I mean, yours was obviously different, but we'll allow a little ache to turn into this big thing. And we will rationalize ourselves out of workouts. We'll let this little bitty inconvenience in our schedule, we'll allow ourselves to rationalize ourselves out of our quiet time in the morning. Mm-hmm. This, this is a vicious cycle we can't allow because this is the this is the cycle that our society promotes nowadays. Yeah. And we can't allow that because it will bleed over into every area of our lives. I mean, the whole I probably shouldn't go here, but I mean the whole the whole um employment crisis is going on in our in our culture right now. I mean, companies can't find people to work. They're out there. But our society has allowed them to rationalize 
not doing the hard thing. And by hard thing, I mean going to work. Yeah. For so many people out there, they're just they're just not going, and there's no good reason they're just not going. Yeah. And it's it's putting a it's damaging our society. But my point in saying that is allowing this little thing in our running life or on our spiritual life will bleed over and manifest itself bigger in other areas of our life. It's a compounding effect and it gets worse and worse and worse. And before you know it, we're on the couch, we're 60 pounds overweight, we're unemployed and we're not looking for work. I mean, this is an extreme case, but that that's sure. where this leads to. That's right. If we allow it. Yep. And we need to, to nip it in the bud when our mind is saying, ah, my side hurts. I don't need to run today. No. Go run. You need to go run. Yep. If it's something you're worried that could be medical, go see a doctor and then go run. Yep. 100%. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, so we have a group of Couch to Marathon folks that is quite literally actually a little bit more than twice as big as we had last year, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome to see yeah. that many people. And I'm really excited about it. Um, and I really think last year we had a, actually, I think you and I talked about the, the number of people we thought we would have finish at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that number was higher than we thought it would be. Yeah, I think I think we went back and forth on the number because we really didn't. Yeah. We really didn't know. I mean, there's obviously attrition in a, in a program like that, but. We didn't know what it would be. Yeah, but I was I was pleasantly surprised by the number of people that were at Disney right. running that specific. And there were you know there were many others. The problem who, is who we don't that. know. Even we still don't know how many people actually competed it because yeah. some you know a lot of them finished at the Disney, some finished at other races, and then some are those quiet ones out there. They, yeah, they never post. They never. But we. We know that they're listening and watching because every now and then they'll pop in and say something. And then they retreat back, yeah, and they're gone again. Um, so that's that's kind of our struggle sometimes. Is I really don't know how many people are actually doing this because yeah. I have a feeling there's some that they they didn't put their name on the list. Yeah, and some people are just like that, and that's okay. Yeah, uh, I respect that. But um, but yeah, we got a lot of people. Yeah, right and now. this this time around, I feel like. The attrition rate should be less this time because we've seen that it works. We have a history now to go back on. And I think last year it was it was kind of new. And so a lot of people thought, I don't know if, you know, I don't even know if this thing can work. Now we know. We right. know it we know it works. And so I feel like the I mean we don't be. we don't really know the statistics on what is good or not. I mean, we had seventeen hundred people signed up the first night last January. And if I had to put my finger on it, we probably had three hundred finish. Yeah, I mean we had like one hundred and sixty at Disney, something like that. But I mean, is is that good? I don't I don't know if that's good. Yeah, I, I feel know. like that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean I would think you know 
three out of 17. I mean, what is that? Just 20-ish percent or so. Yeah, I think. I, I think that's a pretty good. I would think so. I mean, because it is a big commitment. Yeah, um, absolutely. I do, do three out of 17 people who, and just in our culture, that say they're going to run a marathon actually do it? I would say the number is lower than that. Just yeah, you're, in society in general. You're probably right. I hadn't thought about it from I mean, that point. But yeah. if you allow yourself, you could think, well, that's terrible. Well, I don't – I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I want to improve on it. Yeah. I, I want to get that number higher. But, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. That's awesome. All right, it's time for Dean's Thoughts, and that's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And so this week I thought I'd take some time to share about the Big Beach Marathon – um, I, and I'm going to do it and I'm doing it. I have done it on a Thursday night live session as well. Um, so if you're hearing it more than once, I'm, I'm sorry, but I think it's something that we need to share. No, you're and not. So, uh, kind of, uh, but here we didn't hear it. People need to hear it. That's right. So this is review of the big beach marathon. When asked if I wanted to preview the big beach marathon, I was excited and reluctant at the same time. I'm not a big fan of running the marathon, at least after running 15 or 20 of them. I knew I was signed up already to run the Disney marathon, and then six days later I was supposed to run a marathon with one of my athletes for support. Getting in a third marathon of the month didn't sound appealing to me after having not run a marathon for a few years. Still, I was excited to see the venue for next year's Couch to Marathon group. Of course, when I agreed to run the race, I didn't realize how magical it was going to be to watch all those Run for God folks finish the Disney Marathon. Needless to say, I was pretty stoked to bring a report back on the Big Beach Marathon course because next year is going to be epic. And then, as fortune would have it, I came down with COVID in between Disney and Big Beach, so I didn't run the one in the middle. (laughs) First of all, the people who organize the race are great people. We hope to have the race director on our podcast soon. I was able to participate in the packet pickup palooza, as they called it, on the Saturday prior to race day. I met a lot of super cool people who shared many fantastic stories with me. It was a great opportunity to share the Run for God Run Club with people. It was a cool morning in the high 30s. I don't know what we can expect. I don't know that we can expect the same weather next year uh, because this year it was perfect. When I finished, my singlet was almost completely dry, but I was not cold. That's how you know it was great weather. I believe it was around 50 degrees when I finished. The temperature climbed to about 59 in the middle of the day when many of the run club folks would finish. I would love to see the same weather next year. There's a lot of music, although secular, and the organizers are good at pumping everyone up before the start. It was a great race atmosphere, but not overwhelming, just the way I like it. The start is right next to the beach, but on the road. The first mile or two of the race are on a road going away from the beach. The last mile is also along the beach road, but those are the only miles run on the road. Everything else is run on paved paths, a few concrete paths and boardwalks. One of my favorite things about the course is how peaceful it is. If you're someone who likes to have huge crowds cheering the entire way, it might be a little disappointing. There are many long stretches where you don't see anyone. 
but the canopy of trees and the insulation from cars and the hustle and bustle of the beach is great. There are certainly many places where people stand and cheer as runners go by, but the groups are small and not nearly as loud as the Disney Marathon. I just love the me and God time as I ran through those quiet sections. I also saw a deer run across the path in front of me somewhere around 16 miles, I think. I also heard that someone else saw a bobcat. In addition, apparently during the summer months, <coughs> there are gators and cottonmouths hanging out around the path. We are truly running through the wild. There are many long stretches of boardwalk to run on. I was running with a fellow Georgian in the first 10 miles, and he was very familiar with the area and the pass. He told me that there was a two-mile section of boardwalk in the last few miles, and he thought it would slow everyone down. He was dead right. That long stretch of boardwalk was tough. But the toughest part was right at the end of the boardwalk where there's a steep incline to get up to a bridge going over the road. (coughs) Normally, it would be no big deal. But right at the end of the 25th mile, it was tough. The course takes you through parks, by the sportsplex, out near some highways, and through a campground twice. If you're a camper, you may want to check into camping there as you would be set up close to the course. (coughs) After the race, there was more music at a place called The Hangout. It was not Christian music, but if you're a fan of classic rock, the band who was playing was fantastic. I just zoned out in an Adirondack chair after the race, waiting for the awards ceremony while listening to the guys play some great tunes. I also sat down to eat the post-race box lunch that the race provided for free. (coughs) They had ham and turkey sandwiches, but if you ask nicely, they have veggie wraps for us strange plant-based food people. It hit the spot for sure. Although I have to say, getting up out of an Adirondack chair after sitting for 20 minutes, having just completed a marathon, was not the easiest thing I've ever done. As far as my race goes, it was a successful day. I spent much of the first 10 miles in fifth or sixth place. I like to walk through water stations, so they would pass me when I walked, and then I would catch them as I ran. I talked with a guy from Lawrenceville, Georgia, for a while, between four and, and 10 miles. At 10 miles, I was a couple of minutes behind the leaders, and I picked up the pace just a little and went into fourth place for the next 12 miles. At about 20 miles, I saw the third place guy, so I set my sights on him. It took me a couple of miles to catch him, and I was pretty excited about being in third place. At that point, I was just concerned about putting some space between me and the guy I had just passed. But then at about 24 and a half miles, I saw the second place runner. I caught him a little more quickly as I went into second place with about a mile to go. I knew the poor guy I had just passed was suffering pretty badly, so I said a few words as I passed passed him to encourage him as much as I could. I've been there. It's tough watching helplessly as someone runs away from you late in a race. I was fortunate to be able to cross the finish line second. God is good. As I talked with Mike, the race director, after the race, I told him that I thought this was going to be a perfect venue for our Couch to Marathon finishers next year. He is really looking forward to having us, which makes it even better. Disney was great, and the experience was fantastic, but the truth is, they didn't mind having us there, but we were just another group of runners to them. At Big Beach, they will really appreciate us being there. As a matter of fact, when I was receiving my award, they told the entire crowd about Run for God and how you guys are going to be there next year. Let's see 
how many we can get there. It is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. You paint a good word picture, Dean. Good job. <laughs> it, it was a it was a good day. It was a good day, and uh, again, I posted on if you're if you're on the Facebook group, um, I posted a picture that that picture that I posted looks like a postcard or something. Mm-hmm. It looks like something I got from somewhere else. Yeah, that was a picture I took wow. that morning before we before we got started. So I got a question. One thing that stood out to me: Why does the boardwalk slow people down? There's a lot of turns in it. Okay. And then it's a little bit of up and down. Okay. And so it's uh, not necessarily the footing or anything like that. No, the footing's the footing's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. There's a few places where actually the asphalt is broken up a little bit and there's yeah. a but it's it's a pretty smooth it's a pretty smooth run all the way through. Hmm. So you know how boardwalks are. A lot of times getting up onto the boardwalks and then sure. off of the boardwalks is is there's usually a fairly steep yeah. on and off sounds and, like a pretty fun course yeah i i really enjoyed it and again i i like a course that's very peaceful mm-hmm. and for me this was just it was just beautiful now it's a lot of it's just kind of run basically through the woods hmm. i mean it's it, it's really in the woods so was it going down there you thought you knew the course is it the course you thought it was <clears throat> it's a little bit different than i thought it was but it's on the same same paths right. that i knew it was and then some others that i had never seen before so I, it's amazing the the number of miles of of paths they have in this gulf state park mm-hmm. is amazing really and they're they're really nice and there was one a matter of fact there's one stretch for a couple of miles where it, it's clear that there was a there used to be a road going through there and they had taken this road and they've kind of created a path out of the road hmm. and so um, kind of like the rails to trails you see yeah yeah and i thought that was pretty cool uh, the problem is you know that when they make these walking trails walking paths they make them curved mm. on purpose yeah so that they're not just straight they're a little bit you know and it looks nice but when you're running you don't want to be running around the curves. And so we so, need to have a discussion on tangents then. Yes. We, I, I was definitely working the tangents yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And there was a lot of opportunities for that. So, um, But, yeah, I, I thought it was it was great that um, the, just the atmosphere was good. Mm-hmm. Again, is it fun to be at Disney where they're just pumping you up, just big and huge? And yeah, I guess that's fun. And for a lot of people, they really, really love that. But I like the more I like the one person standing up there and saying, "You know, is everybody ready?" Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's about the level I like it, and that's the level that it was. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I'm I'm excited about. So you got too. to meet Mike then. I did get to meet I, Mike. I think we're going to have him on the podcast at some point. He's got a really cool story. I've talked to Mike on the phone, never actually met him in person. Yeah. Uh, but sounds like a really great guy. He's got a good team um, behind him. So, he does. Uh, yeah, I think everybody's going to be, um, I think everybody's going to enjoy both the, the, the Big Beach Marathon and the Cannonball Run, which is the half marathon that if, yep. if everybody can join us at. Hopefully, by the time this podcast comes out, we'll have the discount codes for both races where people can start getting registered. Uh, like I said, um, they've made an agreement with us that not only will they give every, all of our runners a discount to the race, but they're also going to make a contribution to Run for God for every runner that signs up. So it's kind of a win-win all the way around. So um, don't don't get registered till you get those discount codes. We'll be sending those out um, pretty shortly, if not before this podcast actually airs. Yeah, and I've had people ask me about it, so make sure you don't do that yeah. until, until you get those codes. Yeah, you know, one of the things that was interesting about this race and that. 
I've been running for a long time. I am an elderly gentleman. I don't know about the gentleman part, but I am, I am the first part. <laughs> uh, and and so one of my college athletes had run a marathon a couple of weeks prior. The one that I was supposed to run with yeah. her, but I couldn't because I had COVID. And that is frowned upon, apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she ran that marathon. She knocked it out of the park. Yeah. She ran great. Well, she had done something that I didn't ask her to do the week before when she ran a, a fairly a much longer run than I would have advocated for her to run. And so, but I was like, you know what? All she's, all she really wanted to do is finish this marathon. And I knew she would. Mm -hmm. And that, so that was fine, but she really ran really well Mm -hmm. um, without really killing herself. And so I got to thinking about it. I thought, you know, I'm going to try something a little bit different for this marathon. So the week before the marathon, I did a 15 miler and I did 10 miles at marathon pace Mm in the middle of that 15 miles, which is something I would never do a workout that strenuous the week before before a race. But I thought, I'm going to try it and just see how my body handles it, right? Because it worked well for her. Let, mm-hmm. let me try that. Well, you know what? I don't know if it helped or not. Uh, but I ran faster there than I did at Disney three weeks prior. Well, you and know, so, we, you and I both have had an education on this the past couple of years that some people respond better yeah to bigger harder volume and intensity workouts you know i i just i think it's opened my eyes the past few years at what we've dealt with with lane and i mean even riley doing that run beforehand you kind of cringe when you see it i mean you're like oh well but i just think you know we've we've talked about the the concept of there's there's formula one cars and there's diesel engines yeah um that's two very different kinds of athletes and some athletes need the bigger harder where other athletes need the shorter faster and can't necessarily handle the bigger hard it's not a bad thing necessarily it's just different yeah um and i think i think we're starting to i'm starting to really see that vividly um just in looking at lane and, and yeah. some guys around him that there's definitely a contrast in those two athletes when they get to the race venue it all comes together for both of them. But so many times coaching philosophy has been focused at more the formula one yeah. and, and thought that it's bad to do the bigger, higher volume coming into race time. And for some people, it's just not the case. Lane, for instance, performs best at the, at the end of pretty big blocks yeah. of training. Yeah. Yeah, you got to hammer that that fellow just to death. I mean, he just, I mean, he he gets to the point where he's just completely worn out, and he and he runs well. He runs on PR that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and my point here too for me is you're never too old to to continue to sure. experiment and try new things. Yeah. I love to try new things. It's why it's now going close, getting close to two years since I started this plant based diet. It was because I said, you know what, I'm going to try for thirty days. I'm going to try this thing. I'm just going to see how it goes. Yeah. And now I've changed. It's changed my life, sure. literally. And I just it, don't be afraid to try new things. Mm-hmm. Is 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 all I'm saying. Whatever it is, whether it's running related or anything else related, don't be afraid. We we get in these comfort zones where we. My, I had a comfort zone for how how I handled the last two weeks before every marathon, and as again, fifty six years old, I'm like, let's try something different. Let's see how it goes. And but but the 
the the what we tend to do in those comfort zones is we'll rationalize not getting out of them. That's right. I mean, when I met you, <laughs> you were Crystal Burger Diet Coke. That's right. I mean, you had two cases of Diet Coke in the back of your car at all times. That's right. And you even rationalized that back then. Sure. And but now you've you've broken out of that and you see, wow, there, there there's something to getting out of your comfort zone. Yep. You know, and yeah, it's a lesson for all of us. Yeah. And when you try new things, make sure you give it the opportunity to work. We right. I think we talked about it on the podcast about how you have to be open sure. to to whatever happens. You have to be objective, I guess is the best way to look at it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, when you try new things, be be super objective. I I had to be super objective about the plant based thing because I I did I don't even know if I wanted it to work. You know what I mean? It's like it's one of those things where you're like, I don't know if I want. I I like to eat burgers. I love burgers. Right. And uh, so it was like, but you know, to now I'm like, does it bother me not to eat burgers? Not a bit. Wow. Not at all. So yeah. Huh. So anyway, I think this uh, big beach marathon is going to be great. Um, one of the cool things about this is down that last 100 meters or so, the finish line, there's plenty of space for run club members to line up on this sidewalk mm, and cheer everybody on coming in. Yeah, I, Disney kind of keeps you away. Yeah, because, you, I mean, yeah, it's a, because it's, there's so many people, right. and, it, and it is so big. This one, I mean, you watch them finish, and then, you know, 12 feet later, they're they're past the finish line, and you could go over there and hug them. Yeah. You know, uh, Disney, yeah. that you had to walk for half a mile to oh, get through yeah. the, yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I can't and, wait. Uh, I can't wait. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back. And last week we had the Milrose Games, um, which is probably the most famous indoor meet on the planet. It's up in New York. I was surprised they had it because... Uh, well, all the the COVID stuff and everything mm-hmm. and crazy, but anyway, uh, but they did. And then Nick Willis, who has run, he he just completed something. He ran three fifty nine point six something, I think it was, just wow. under four. And this was the twentieth year in a row that Nick Willis has run a sub four minute That's mile. That's insane! Isn't that crazy? I just think that's fantastic. And, you know, I've been trying to do the whole sub five minute mile thing, you know, over 40 years apart. It makes that look weak. That just looks so weak. I mean, sub four minute miles still to this day are are fairly rare. rare. Yeah. And for somebody to do it 20 years, did you see what Davis ran? No. 356. Did he? Wow. Getting fast. Nice. Yeah. He's a friend of ours or a guy that that races some of the lane. But uh, but 20 years in a row sub four. That's. Uh, that's insane it is it is it's unbelievable 
Yeah. Um, Christian Coleman, I don't know how many people that we have listening to this who pay any attention to sprinters at all, but Christian Coleman, you know, he had been he had been suspended and he came back. This was his first race back and he won the 60 because he's a he's a 60. He's he's great out of the box and uh, he won it by one hundredth of a second over Trayvon Bromel. So I didn't see it, but that had to be a photo finish. They had mm-hmm. they probably had to take a minute one, yeah. to, to figure that one out. Uh, but it's the width of a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good to see him him back. Um you know it's funny how America has always dominated the sprints. You know, we've always been great at the sprints. Mm-hmm. Not so much the the middle distance and distance running. Um you got to go back to I guess Jim Ryan before you saw a middle distance runner that really dominated hmm. um, on the world stage. We've had some good ones. Yeah. But uh, somebody who was really on top of it, was, that was, I guess, Jim Ryan. Um, yeah. I think it's our culture. Here's, here's something. Here's my theory. Here's my theory about why we're better sprinters than better distance runners. You ready for this? So what's the biggest sport in our country? Football. Football, right? Why is football so big? Well, here's why I think football is so big, because football is, uh, you know, like they call it, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. It's a lot of action for about 10, 20 seconds and then rest. About the length of our attention span. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> that's the way we're that's the way we're wired in America yeah. is we're wired. We love intensity. And so we get we get super intense and we get to rest for a minute until it gets intense again. And then there's the other football yeah where you bang your head i mean i just i can't watch one because it'll go it'll go an hour before somebody actually scoring or any action or or maybe not at all (laughs) yeah 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 and i'm the same way i just i I watch soccer a little bit but i just don't i don't enjoy soccer like i do football because i think we're just wired that way now in other countries obviously soccer is the biggest sport in the world you know and and so in other countries i mean they watch soccer like we do football, and even more so. Oh, yeah. And that's great. But I think that's why. I think we're wired for these short, intense things. And so we're wired more towards sprinting than distance running because sprinting is more like a football game and distance running is more like a soccer game. Hmm. I don't know. That's just my that's my theory. Yeah. I'll never forget when we were in <laughs> Ecuador. Um, Lane had a race down there, and we were in Ecuador, and it was during the World Cup. And you see this in kind of older movies. You really don't see it that much in America today. And there's a lot of reasons for this. I think we just don't rally as a country. We don't rally behind any one thing anymore. And I think that's that's not good. But in other countries, they still do. I remember we were in Ecuador, and, and Ecuador was doing really well in the World Cup. And I remember we walked down the street, and um, I can't even remember the name of the Salinas, Ecuador. And they have the old shops where you raise up the piece of plywood. I mean, it's a fairly poor city, but you know all the shops along this road will every single shop. I mean, it's it's basically plywood shacks is their business. They have this four by eight sheet of plywood that opens up. And that's the door to to be able to get in. But in every one of these, they had a big screen TV. <laughs> every one of these little shacks, they had a big screen TV, and nobody was manning the cash registers or anything. Every single place you went, everybody was glued to the TV. Yeah. And 
for that football, it's like it brings entire countries together. Yeah. Cheering. And that is the cool thing about that football where, you know, in America, our football, we're bickering with each other and, you know, so many things go into it. But yeah, Yeah. that's, that's pretty cool about that soccer. Yeah. But I do think that's part of what makes America great. The fact that we, we do love that intensity. Sure. I I think that helps make, uh, make America. Well, we're different than everybody else in the world. I think that's part of the reason. Yeah. All right, how about a trivia question for this week? The 1982 Boston Marathon was special. So special, it has a special name. What do people call the 1982 Boston Marathon? Why is it called that? And who were the two people involved in the main storyline? Do you know this one? I was four, Dean. No, I don't know this one. <laughs> no, I really don't. I'm, and I'm surprised. It seems like it's going to be kind of obvious. Yeah. Maybe there, when I hear the answer, but I don't I don't know the answer. You've heard me talk about it. Really? Oh, yeah. There's a book by the name of this. What I have this to is. think it's some kind of epic battle. Oh, my goodness. But Gr- I don't know what it maybe is. Maybe the greatest ever. So if you know the answer to that, or if you can find the answer to that, you can email me at dean at runforgod.com, and the first person will send you out a nice Run For God Run Club tumbler. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you have to be first, and I'm just telling you, last week we yeah, had a bunch. a bunch of answers. So you gotta be you got to be pretty quick. Quick on the draw. Yep, yep. All right, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. This is this week. You never stop learning. You know, again, I just talked about how I just tried something different this past race. I've run a gazillion races. I have no idea how many races I run, but it is definitely in the thousands. And I tried something different. This past, I mean, I've been running for well over 40 years and I'm still learning. And I think that's really cool that you never stop learning. So running seems so simple and run, the, the act of running is simple, but there's so much depth to it at the same time. I just think that's one of the cool things about running. Mm-hmm. And then every week we have a motivational thought. And the motivational thought this year comes from Ricky Rogers, who is a uh, writer and a marketing director. And it says this, strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things you once thought you couldn't. Mm, good word. It kind of goes along with the whole podcast today. It does. It really does. Good yep. word. Yeah. Some people are born with great ability, um, you know, and, and, for those people doing something outstanding is just kind of par for the course. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just, you just have people that are just wired that way. But if you can do these ordinary things that are really difficult for you, now whatever that thing is for you, it's it's worth a hundred of those things that don't take us to that difficult place. Sure. The, these folks that are going through the 5K challenge mm-hmm. who can't imagine running for three miles or walking for three miles or whatever the goal is, um, and, and go into this with some faith that saying, I'm going to try it anyway. Um, doing that thing, if it, it'll just make you so much stronger. It's why when you come to our races, the finish line is louder for the last place finisher than it is for the first. Yeah. Because chances are that first place finisher, that's what they normally do. Yeah. Chances are the last place finisher thought they would never do that. That's right. And that's that's what's so cool. That's what brings people to tears that our finish line is is seeing – the emotion usually on that last place finisher. I mean, I don't think we've ever had a last place finisher that wasn't crying yeah. coming through the finish line. Yeah. Um, 
maybe except for the one that Landon raced her at the end, and she was laughing. She couldn't stand it. <laughs> but other than that one, I think everybody was crying. So it's yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a it's a great a great quote, a great sentiment, and something we we all can learn from. Yeah, I think about like for me to run a marathon is it's really not a huge deal to to just run a marathon, sure. just to, just to finish a marathon, and so that's not outside my comfort zone mm-hmm. to do that but for the person who it is outside their comfort zone that's so much more special i noticed that when i finished disney there weren't really any tears but when some of those other people finished toward the end there were some serious tears yeah and uh yeah it makes it special when it's sure. hard all right <clears throat> keep up the great work and may god bless every step of every run and walk Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.